Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. It's a Wednesday. Um, I'm going to cover some WWE news news that's been I've been I had jotted down and, and I haven't gotten to it. So that's what we'll be doing. That's exactly what we'll be doing today. I welcome you to another episode of the Wrestlers with Experience podcast with myself, Dietrich Davis. Our co-host Mark Morell is putting together some great content for us. He's jumping, getting back on the roll of taking care of the New Japan and all international wrestling news. And I'm thinking about giving Mark um, AEW to review. It's get, um, there's so much wrestling content in the world that I want to balance it out equally between the both of us. And I've been f- conf- not conflicted, but I've been f- um, focusing back and forth on what to do and what not to do and what to record and how we should separate recordings along with everything else. With that being said, um, I want to thank all our listeners from all of the social media platforms. Usually I run, uh, let me just run them down. I do it every episode, but it's just become a part of my habit. I want to make sure that these people who are on those listening to us through those platforms are getting a proper shout, shout out. So I want to thank everybody for listening from Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podbean, CastBox, Deezer, Tuned In, and pa- and Podcast Addict. We appreciate you guys so much. With that being said, on this Wednesday, I want to cover cover a couple of things on wrestling. Um, number one being the 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 mystery woman of SmackDown. Um, a lot of people immediately when I saw the thing, I didn't think of it, and I was like, who has that body build? But there's only one woman in the WWE with a pair of legs like that, and that's obviously Carmella. The internet has been talking, the wrestling communities have been talking, other wrestling podcasts have been talking about it, and Carmella definitely seems like to be the woman who's in the midst and in the middle of all of that uh, of the mystery woman of the WWE. But I think they covered her tattoos. Last time we seen Carmella was around Money in the Bank time. And during that match, and then she disappeared. So if she's going to come back, right now is a great time to come back, repackage, rebuilt, and under a new presentation. Um, Carmella, I've always liked her as a, as, a, as a talent in the company. I always thought that she was her in-ring ability was good. I always knew that she, I think she knew and everyone knew there was always room for improvement. She was one of those women that when she got the WWE Women's Championship on SmackDown, that it was right. And I kind of missed it when they took it off of her. I think she was one of those women who should have had that title at least for a year. She was one of those annoying and angry-like champions that I've always loved. And Carmella is, you know, not to say, I I know people are going to say this is sexist or this, that, and the other, but she's easy on the eyes. She has an amazing body. She has a great build. And... I think there's nothing. I think she there's nothing that's stopping her from becoming the number one woman in the company. I think she just needs to be put in the right matches and with the right people, and a little bit more training. Carmella can become the face of that company. She definitely fixed the mold on so many levels. So let's see where this grows because I truly think that her being the mystery woman is is going to be great for WWE. And even if you listen to the music, it was talking about diamonds and money, and we all know they call her Mella Money, and she and she's all money. And this, that, and the other. And I also grew to like her on Total Divas. When she got in the face of the other female wrestler, talking about when you mess with my money, you mess with this, that, and the other. I was like, all right, all right. I like this bitch. This is where it's at. Keep this shit fucking going. So I think Carmella is one of those females that I think 
we should be seeing the best of her to come. And I think we're going to get a greater personality from her and more presentation with her being able to sit back. Sometimes when you can sit back and not be a part of the product, you can look at what you can add to the product when you can, and also being able to look back at what you did in the product. So right now, her being separate from the product, she possibly has had a great possibility to look back and go, okay, this is what I can do and this is what I can bring to the table. Um, moving forward, we got the Nia Jax situation. Nia Jax is always opening her mouth or hurting someone somehow in some way. But in this situation, I don't, I don't want to judge her for what she's saying, but I do understand the company side of it. So Nia Jax recently was upset over the fact that WWE facetuned or AKA photoshopped her face in most of the marketing materials after she won the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. She was completely frustrated and frustrated. She did, she uh she let off a comment. Let me see if I have the comment here. I completely if um, if not I have to do it verbatim and I hate to do that, but I know I screen captured it. And she literally said um, I understand that a face that face tune is a thing in parentheses uh, is, a, is, is, a, is a thing now, but I'm not a big fan. I wear a lot of makeup and have great hair to make up for what I lack lack in looks. Face tune is a bit too much. Yes. In my untuned, uh, in my untouched Photoshop, you will see a big pimple on my chin, whatever. I have asked WWE to replace my photo, obviously, without retouching it. I'm not happy with the message this sends. I mean, the other picture does make her look a little bit more video game-ish. I'm not going to lie there. But at the same end, I understand her, you know, not wanting to, you know, don't take away the one good features that I do have when you're trying to make up this, that, and the other. Um, I think when people use Photoshop on other people's faces, they are explaining, they're putting the flaws they see in you that you don't necessarily see in yourself or they're putting their false pretenses of flaws that they have of you by covering up it exposes how much they may not like you or how much they think they need to change and that can send a bad image you know when i first read the heard the topic or heard the conversation about it i was like ah she's overreacting but now i'm starting to say hey naya may be right because if i photoshop your face and I change 50 things. You could say, that's not me. And how does that person see me? And then how, and then that person's depiction of how they see me is now how the world sees me. And when I was running around with the photography game and doing that type of shit, I, I never used Photoshop because I did not like altering someone's face. If you can't achieve it, excuse me, if you can't achieve it with natural lighting, then you shouldn't be trying to achieve it at all. Just plain and simple with that being said. But, I'm going to have to take the stand with Nia Jax on this. I think they should leave everybody's faces natural. The way her face looked tuned up, I've never even seen them do that to the guys like that. So uh, that person, whoever did that, I have a, this is the flaws that they're pointing out in her, and that's not fair, and that's not correct. And that needs to stop. You know, but at the same time, this is, but in the same breath, WWE can say, well, this is our company and we do what the fuck we want until you start paying some bills around here, which means selling tickets. We don't listen to a motherfucking thing you say. And that can be a real possibility within the way the company structure is. And it's not a shock to think that the company thinks like that. 
But with that being said, moving forward, we now we have Joe Briscoe. He was with the WWE for 36 years. We know that he, 36, 37 years, we know that he was originally one of the Stooges in the WWE as people known him during the Attitude Era. But he's also one of the greatest talent scouts in professional wrestling, hands down. You got to remember, he found Brock Lesnar. You get what I'm saying? He found, um, what's his name, from the Hurt Business. Um, Shelton Benjamin and uh, maybe 30 or 40 other phenomenal talents that he has found over the years. Joe Briscoe has had a great eye for in-ring talent in the business of WWE and at the, Vince McMahon obviously gave him a phone call, fired him over the phone, not even a face-to-face conversation. I think Joe Briscoe is one of those guys that should have had a lifetime deal. Instead of letting him go to say, hey, we're pulling you from office and, and some on the road business and this, that, and the other. We're going to give you, you know, $100,000 a year for the rest of your year until you die. I mean, if he got, if he's 73 years old, he's 73 years of age, if he lives for 15 more years, right? What's $1.5 million to the WWE over the course of 15 years? You know, give him $100,000 a year, send him so much a week and every paycheck and make sure he's taken care of. And I know he's not hard up for money. We know he's not struggling, but I think the WWE could have done better than just picking up the phone. And Vince did it himself. You got to respect that. But he deserved a little bit more. He contributed more to that business than most people have. Between the him, Pat Patterson, between Jared Briscoe, Pat Patterson, Vince McMahon, and a few other people who has contributed to that company, uh, and Vince McMahon's circle that has contributed to that company, I think Jared Briscoe needed a little bit more fucking respect. And I believe in 2013, he went into the WWE Hall of Fame, or it might be 2008. I might be completely, completely wrong on that. So, you know, with that being said, um, Gerald Briscoe, um, I hope they rectify this. Or maybe there's a private conversation that we don't know about. And because we as fans, not well, I, I'm a supporter of professional wrestling, not a fan, but a lot of people are very ignorant or very, you know, they feel they need to control what's going on. Like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? Let Gerald Briscoe, you don't know, him and Vince might have already handled that business personally. And maybe Vince don't see that he's worth it. Right now, the WWE is at their most profitable without having house shows and less, less insurances and not jumping from state to state and blah, blah, blah. You know, you you telling me that Gerald Briscoe, if that was my company, Gerald Briscoe would have had $1.5 million just put aside. I would have literally put this in a separate account and then let it automatically release into his bank account every week until the day he died. Whatever was left over, let his family have if he passes, if he makes it to 80, if he makes it to 90, if he makes it to 100. He's one of those people that him and his family should have severance, uh, 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 funeral packages paid for. Everything should be taken care of at 36 years of employment with WWE. And I think this is incredibly selfish and incredibly fucked up. And maybe we just need to understand that Gerald Briscoe knows Vince McMahon. So maybe he's lucky he made it. Maybe he's like, you don't even understand. I'm lucky I made it this far. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's one of those possibilities to think about and, and just go, wow. But um, he has not hindered the business whatsoever. He has been the business has benefited from Gerald Briscoe. So this is it's like it's like hearing a bad breakup. But I think he's okay, you know. And again, we don't know that Vince McMahon. We don't know that phone conversation. 
You know, you know, I don't think that, you know, it just wasn't was it. I think Gerald Briscoe said it so he can get ahead of the bullshit. So it's not someone else breaking the news. It's him breaking the news. And I can understand that, which was very, very, very smart on his end. Anyhow, moving forward, I, I you know, this WWE versus third party companies with the cameo thing and the Twitch thing and them still shutting that shutting down Twitch's platforms. You have WWE wrestlers who saying, if you want us to take down our Twitches or take down our cameos and this, that, and the other, then we need to renegotiate our contract and get more money. I thoroughly agree with this. If you don't want me making money on the side, then you have to pay me an exorbitant amount of more money to stop me from looking into things. I think it's wrong that WWE wrestlers are being ridiculed for having YouTube pages, um, of Twitch pages, and cameo pages. You know what I'm saying? If I'm an actor and I create a cameo, I should be able to say, hey, I um, my name is uh, so-and-so. I play Iron Man. And Iron Man is saying, you're this, that, and the other. When you go to comic conventions, they don't sign. Or when these guys are no longer in the WWE or no longer a part of these films, William Shackner still signs autographs as Captain Kirk or such and such and so on and so on and so on. And I think if WWE wants more control, then make these people employees and pay them three to four times what you're paying them now. It's a shame that some wrestlers in that company are only still making 200000 maybe 150000 a year. You know, if you're going to do that, then base salary should be $750,000. If this company is a billion-dollar company and you got a hundred and something talent, it shouldn't be a problem that $140, $160 million is put aside just for talent alone, just to pay them. And then you got your big contract talent. No one in that company should be making less than a million and a half a year, per year. You get what I'm saying? Because if you got 140 pieces of talent, then you put $200 million aside. You're a billion-dollar corporation. They don't have no health insurance. They don't have no nothing. But you don't want them making money on the side. And I think that's fucked up that WWE is making them completely dependent on them in order for them to survive or in, or in order for them to to feel as if they could survive. You guys, the WWE is going to make more and more and more money. I would not be shocked that at the end of 20 by 2030 that WWE is making is making a minimum of three to four billion a year the trajectory of this business can go up and don't let another wrestling boom happen in less than five years they can ride that all the way until 2030 the next, the next big wrestling boom is not going to happen 2021 2022 but it may begin 2024 to 2025 where we have that steve austin like phil and that nwo like phil and competing companies and so on and so on we are reestablishing the way wrestling is being presented and looked at and and being assessed so when it comes to this cameo thing let them through their third parties who gives a fuck they shut down page's page after she still changed the name i think that's fucking wrong and I think talent should be allowed to be freedom. I am a when you sign a WWE contract, you are an independent contractor. I did a whole episode on this a couple of episodes ago, and I'm not going to get into that. But they better get they better get it rectified. You know what I'm saying? Because if you look at it, WWE is trying to cut a contract with Cameo so they could do direct business themselves, which means they want a piece of everything that you're getting from your YouTube channels. The wrestlers are getting from their YouTube channels and so on and all that bullshit. Anyhow, 
you know, it's just one of those fucked up things. But I want to talk about one of the most important things that has bothered me recently, and this is the Sasha versus Bailey feud. And I felt like this should have been preserved and pushed away into WrestleMania. I don't think they should be. They, they, I understand them starting the feud. The feud should have started at Survivor Series. I don't think they ran their course. I think they should be going back and forth with the tag team titles amongst Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. I think that they are great together, but we knew the feud was coming. And the fact that they couldn't get it to the Survivor Series where this can truly begin where they couldn't get it to the Royal Rumble, where they could both cost each other winning the WWE Women's Royal Rumble match. And the fact that we couldn't get a great, they should, technically right now, they should be the main event of WrestleMania 37 on night number one, Saturday night. Those two deserve the main event of WrestleMania. Unless there's going to be a magical boom in the game of female wrestling, right now, that's the main event of night one for the women Saturday WrestleMania if they're doing if they're gonna do two nights again, and I think those two should have been protected. I think those two should have been um, had that feud drawn out before. When you look at it, when you look at Sasha Banks once again. Sasha has not even had one successful title defense of the Raw's Women's Championship. Oscar being champion is great right now, but when you think about it. What is Oscar doing? And again, you got to say, what's the booking committee doing to make not the booking, the creative team? Because they don't. There's never been a booking committee in the WWE. The creative team doing to make them work. I can complain where the storyline came from, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. But for you guys, for them to fuck something like this up, um, it's a it's a shame. That is the main fucking event. I'm sorry, it truly is. WrestleMania 37 could have been in the bag night one with these two women with a year storyline of information. And it's time for them to go back into long format storytelling. And honest to God truth, I think it should be the WWE Raw's women champions, Raw and SmackDown champions with Sasha Bailey and her and 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 Sasha and Bailey going up against Nia Jax and what's her name? And Shayna Baszler for the next two to three pay-per-views. They could have rolled that all the way into the Survivor Series. And somehow they fucked that up. They could have began the feud. You could have had Nia Jax costing her the WWE Women's Championship. You could have had Shayna Baszler, Baszler costing uh, Bailey her Women's Championship. You could have respectfully done some of the best female work that there is in the business by keeping the titles rotating around those four women. You could have got a Nia Jax world title match. You could have got a Shayna Baszler WWE SmackDown's world title, women's world title match. You could have got the tag team belts coming off of Baszler and um, Nia back on to Sasha and Bailey, and then played hot potato with the tag team championships. You know what I'm saying? This this is the one time that the hot potato gimmick format of wrestling could have benefited all of those those four women. And they happen to be the right, for some reason, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax is a great fucking match. And they stumbled upon something very unique and they're fucking it up once again. 
She should have turned on her at Survivor Series the moment they lost those tag. It should have been three pay-per-views. They lose the belts to Nia Jax and, and Shayna Baszler, which happened. There should have been a return match, which they lost. They could have went into a whole pay-per-view where they became the number one contenders. That's three. You could have did a fourth pay-per-view where they win the belts back from Baszler and Nia Jax. Then you could have had the Baszler and Nia Jax return, lose on Raw, and then on a paper or Raw or SmackDown, and then on a pay-per-view Survivor Series or something, have it where they lost those fucking belts. So you could have saved it for December pay-per-view, where they lost the belts and Nia Jax and Baszler wins the tag team titles back, and that's it. No more opportunities for Bailey and this, that, and the other. Then you could have cost. Sasha the world fucking title and then you could have rolled all the way into Wrestlemania you could have rolled into the Royal Rumble with them with with them with with Bailey costing her the opportunity to win the Royal Rumble or a mistake by Bailey allowed Sasha to win the Royal Rumble and let them take Wrestlemania night one it is what it is. But the final piece of the information I want to go over is The Fiend versus Roman Reigns. And even though this seems like the internet is saying or people are saying this is a highly anticipated match, I'm being very honest with you. It seems like they want to, I think that, you know, Hell in a Cell does not do well, is, is, is not a, 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 a match built for The Fiend. And it seems like that's where they want to drop the title back to. I don't understand the purpose of putting the title on Roman Reigns, which is perfect for him right now. Reigns should be going into WrestleMania as the champion. No fucking questions asked. I told you guys my storyline and thoughts on that type of shit. Um, I told you guys how I felt about that. I told you guys my thoughts. As, as finally Roman Reigns, Reigns is finally over. He should be going into the W into WrestleMania 37 as the WWE Universal Champion. I do not think the Fiend and Roman Reigns is ever going to be the match. I think you're going to damage Roman by pulling that title off of him right now. Right now, he's the perfect person to be the WWE WWE Universal Champion with Paul Heyman by his side. And I think the Fiend and Roman should not touch each other until next year. Find something for the Fiend to do. Find something great for him to do. But do not have him go up against Roman Reigns. Have him build his squad again. Have him do Sister Abigail. Let him stand behind Alexa Bliss and this, that, and the other. Build something up for him to do. But do not rush him back into the world title picture because them snatching the belt off of him made no sense that's just my personal fucking opinion i don't know how i feel about this but i think roman reigns roman reigns is the guy right now for smackdown he's in the perfect position and i think he should be running rough shot on everybody going into wrestlemania and them that's the belt they should the, the world title should never be a hot potato belt whoever universal or wwe it should not be a hot potato belt and I feel as if they're going to fuck up Roman after they finally got him on the right track. And the Fiend is never going to be in a bad position. You just have to curate his wrestling 
matches and curate what he does. The Fiend is one of the only people that you can do promos with for three months straight on screen and people will be happy and you can preserve his health, his physical body, have him get in even better shape and this, that, and the other. I think they should play a heavy preservation game with The Fiend and I think they need to stop bullshitting around and you don't need him on SmackDown every week. You don't need him in a match every week. I understand that he has three gimmicks. Now is Bray Wyatt. Now is the friendly dude, and 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 then there's the there's the Wyatt family version of him. There's the Fiend version, and then there's the Mr. the 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 the, the children's show version of him. Great, but he should he should not be playing around at all with that. At fucking all. Anyhow. I thank you guys for listening to another episode. This was more like a, a news update, which I'm going to be bringing you guys more of. Instead of talking about one topic for one episode, I'm going to cover six or seven topics, maybe no more than seven topics an episode or maybe even 10 topics an episode. But I think it's important that um, we st- I, I group up this wrestling news and give it to, get, to give it to you guys in the middle of the week just like that. Um, once again, you know the platforms we're on. I said in the beginning of the show, I'll say it again Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Our Heart, Media, Stitcher, Podbean, Castbox, Deezer, Tune In, and Podcast Attic. Thank you guys so much for listening to Wrestlers of Experience. We'll catch you guys later on in the week.